My manager hates me, so I did something to get him demoted. This happened a few years back. I worked for a large grocery chain for about 12 years. In that time, I worked all holidays, came in early, stayed late, rarely called out sick, and came in on my days off. I was treated like complete garbage near the tail end of my time there when we had gotten a new co-manager at the store. He acted like I wasn't a team player. He stalked my Facebook if I called out sick, trying to catch me in a lie, since he was used to me coming in and working when I was sick most of the time, which is completely terrible in and of itself. In those rare occasions that I would call out, he tried to require me to have a doctor's note to excuse that one day I would miss. While all this was happening, people would come in late with no call, be no call no shows, and be out sick for weeks with management knowing full well that these people would be on vacation. All this with zero disciplinary action. Cue malicious compliance number one. The store started cracking down hard on OT. They were used to me coming in early and staying late to make sure all tasks were completed, with no complaints from management since it meant that it freed up other people, themselves included, from having to do the work. My department, which was just me, was constantly praised by corporate for being one of the best looking and cared for departments that they had seen in the entire Northwest. I took pride in my job and what I did, but this soon became me working just my scheduled hours. It resulted in incorrect orders, a fall behind in keeping the shelves stocked, and a massive amount of overstock adding up in the back room. People that were clueless as to what we had to do in the back room were tasked with fulfilling my orders and ordering things that they thought we needed, but we did not. It quickly became a circus. They started letting me come in whenever I wanted and staying as long as necessary after about a month of fall behind. Cue malicious compliance number two. I was really tired of being treated so poorly for the amount of time and effort I was putting into making my department perfect. I applied at a company that my friend had been trying to get me to come in for the last five years. Wasn't expecting to get the job as I had very little experience in that company since most of my working career was at a grocery store. But I figured, hey, the worst that would happen is that I don't get it and I still have a full-time job with my current employer. Well, they absolutely loved me and quickly hired me on full-time. I put in a notice at the store that I had accepted a job elsewhere, but I was willing to stay there part-time to train whoever they hired to take my spot. Five months go by and they hadn't even posted my position. They did nothing to fill my place. I ended up putting my two weeks notice in as I was so burnt out working 60 plus hours a week with two jobs with no scheduled days off in between the two. I make sure that I was available to the grocery store for a huge holiday and my last day would be the day after that. This lovely co-manager, mentioned earlier, thought he was hurting me by not scheduling me for the last week of my notice, which this holiday fell in. Other management tried to backtrack this move and tried to get me to come in anyways, but alas, the schedule had been posted and as per union guidelines, they cannot change their schedule once posted without the consent from the employee. I shrugged at the co-manager and said, sorry, I wasn't on the schedule, so I made plans with my family since I hadn't had this holiday off in years. The rest of the management was furious at this guy for trying to pull this power move, which blew up in his face. I cashed out my banked vacation time before leaving, which only capped at about three weeks pay, but still, it was my final screw you. Shortly after, I heard from some old friends and colleagues that this co-manager was demoted to a clerk in a small department. I work now for a far superior company who values their employees and compensates hard work. 
I had taken a huge pay cut when I took the new position, but within three years, I was making more than I had been making in 12 years at the grocery store. Biannual bonuses, paid vacation, a massive amount of paid sick and vacation time, and a considerable amount of less stress. Let this be a lesson to anyone who just listened to this story. Always put yourself first and don't be loyal to big companies that aren't loyal to you. I worked for a large retail company for five years and was never given a full-time position or good benefits. I left that company for a different one that I worked for for eight years until I realized that it was just as bad as the large retail company. At the start of the pandemic, I decided to save my money, pay off my debt, and try doing content creation full-time. I can say that I've never been happier with my life decision than making that move. Am I the jerk for being upset that my fiance didn't defend me to his female friend? Sorry in advance for how long this is. My fiance has female and male friends. It's human nature. I usually don't mind because I trust him. He introduced me to the majority of them, male and female, and we all get along great. But I don't know all of his friends, which is fine by me. Recently, however, one of his female friends, who I'm not too familiar with, started going through some domestic issues, not abusive, and started venting to her friend, my fiance, about it. Again, no problem. My fiance's phone got broken in an accident a week or so ago. Because we have trust in one another, I let him use my phone for whatever he needed, mainly to speak with the kids from his previous relationship. Once he signed into his account on my phone, I began to get notifications that were for him, which I would normally bypass. However, about two weeks ago, he got a cold and went to bed early. A little after midnight, my messenger video chat started ringing. I turned the volume down so I didn't wake him and really didn't pay any attention to who was calling because I was reading while I had some quiet time to do so. Plus, it was after midnight and I didn't want to talk to anyone. The messenger video chat rings for a second time on my phone and I check who it is and it's his female friend. I was confused by why she was calling so late, but I let it ring and messaged her that my fiance wasn't feeling well and that she was speaking to his fiance and I didn't want to wake him. What was so important that she needed to say? She messages back quickly, just have him call me. My fiance and I had a falling out early in our relationship over another woman trying to come between us and the trust wasn't easy to rebuild. So admittedly, I'm sensitive over other women calling at random hours with nothing to say to me and everything to say to him. So I ask in a way that I hope is neutral and I say, it's not bad news, is it? She says, I don't have to explain myself to you, have him call me. As a person, she's right. She doesn't have to explain anything to me. But as the fiance of the man she's trying to wake up to talk to after midnight, I had questions. I tell her his phone is broken and his account was open on my phone. So her calls were coming to me until his new phone was delivered. She says, I don't know you and I don't want to talk to you. Congrats on your engagement, but I don't have to explain myself and I just want to talk to my friend. So at this point, I just said he'd call and that was it. I told my fiance when he was feeling better what had happened and he told me that we were both being very petty and annoying to each other and that he wasn't going to choose sides. Okay, I wasn't thrilled about that, but I later thought it over and accepted that I did overreact and I even said so to his friend and that was that. A week later we are out. The two of us are doing some shopping and she calls him and says that she needs for him to drive her downtown during rush hour ASAP, but she will give him gas money for it. He says okay and he says that I can come if I want to. And I just look at him with a funny face because where the hell else would I go? Hitchhike to a bus to go home so you can go save her at the last minute? He rushes to go pick her up and I make sure that there's room in the back seat for her when she gets in. Immediately the air is super tense. It was impossible not to feel it. Trying to be the grown adult that I am, I speak first and say, hi, I'm blank. It's really nice to meet you. As an icebreaker. 
I have horrible social anxiety, so I don't even know what to say when people actually want to talk. I'm awkward no matter what. She says nothing. I'm naturally soft-spoken, so I think I wasn't loud enough and I say it again, louder. She says, yeah, whatever, I'm not in the mood for talking. Now correct me if I'm wrong, but I was raised to speak to people when I enter their space. Even if I don't have anything to say, still say hello at a minimum. She proceeds to say, I don't want to be disrespectful, but I just want to talk to my fiance's name. I don't know you and I don't want to talk to you, so I'm not going to talk at all since I just can't talk to him. Here's a part that I left out. I recently discovered that I'm pregnant. I haven't told anyone yet except for my fiance. So I've been sleeping a lot more. Arriving to her house, I was just in and out of sleep. This woke me up completely. My fiance says nothing. The tension was so thick I had to roll down a window to let some of it out. We all sat in silence until my fiance asked me to play some music in a quiet, I'm gonna get so yelled at voice. I put on the music and we sit in silence. As soon as she's out of the car, I went off. My fiance stays quiet for most of the explosion, except to agree that it was really awkward and she was rude for what she said. We get back to where she lives and she exits the car only speaking to him and saying nothing else and goes into the house. For that entire hour trip, she only gave him $10. So the entire ride home, I was livid. Blame the prego hormones. I don't care. I was a different color type of mad. Later that evening, my fiance and I had a long talk and came to a mutual agreement that he needed to check her for earlier so that it won't happen again. He doesn't. He claims that he forgot. So now it feels like there's no point in bringing it up because it happened the other day. It should have been addressed right then and there, at least the very same day, but no. So now she's gotten a clean getaway with disrespecting me. And I believe that he would handle it, so I said nothing to her. To top it all off, I got a message on my phone from her to him. His account was still open on my phone saying, I feel like I'm owed an apology because I was put in an uncomfortable situation and I just wanted to talk to you. I didn't want her there. Don't bring her with you next time. I don't want to talk to her. I don't want her in my business. Yada yada. Because how dare I be in my own car with my own fiance because you're having a bad week, right? My fiance's only take on this was, neither is wrong or right. I don't want to choose sides on something so petty. I didn't like that. We argued all over again. Now he's distanced himself. He won't even hook up with me. Which early pregos makes me want to cry when he says not now, but no is no. So it's even harder now that I'm pregnant because emotions are so much more intense and he's going through those sympathy prego symptoms. So he's been sensitive as hell lately. I can't say anything to him without him getting upset or likewise. It's a nightmare right now. And I just want to know, am I a jerk for all of this? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and... 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. 
with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care, and we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Thanks for reading. I'm sorry it's so long. Hell nah. This dude should have checked his friend right away. You don't talk like that to your friend's significant others in a disrespectful way, even if you don't like them. Well, as long as they haven't disrespected you. But I'm not sure if this chick is that entitled or if maybe the fiancé here is doing a little something-something on the side. I don't want to assume because I have known some guys with no backbones like this OP describes her husband. All I know is that the OP is not a jerk for feeling the way she does. I was told quantity, not quality by my boss, so I gave them exactly that. I worked at a law firm that handled an extremely high volume of cases. I'm talking thousands per month, and due to this specific field they were in, the work called for a ton of motion practice. We had to respond to motions on nearly every case, after which the case would settle and we would be paid relatively small amounts that added up. To answer all the motions, we had to use this boilerplate template, input a few specific via prompts, and send it off. This would take about 15 to 20 minutes. It was a profitable scheme, and to be fair, it worked for that specific field of law. This is highly irregular and would be nearly impossible to effectively mount a counter-argument in any other field of law, which typically requires research and fact-specific rebuttals to very specific challenges in the case. Fast forward and now the firm is taking on cases in a new field of law, nearly all 200 to 300,000 per case, or 100 times what a case in their original field would take. We needed to draft and file complaints on these cases. To achieve this, the partners insisted that our senior attorney would create a template. Our paralegal staff, making $10 an hour, would speak with the client and create the intake cover sheet for each case. And we would be the lucky middlemen who would have to input the cover sheet data into the template and generate a complaint for every single case in the new field that the firm was handling. In essence, they thought they could handle this new, complex, different field of law with much higher stakes in it the same way they were handling our normal cases. The intake staff had no clue what they were doing, and the boilerplate template was wildly insufficient to allege the particular facts, which varied so considerably between cases, also why intake had problems. The partners thought it would take me about 15 to 20 minutes to generate complaints with their method, but the reality was I actually had to review every file from scratch, figure out what was going on, input the data myself, make massive edits to the complaints, etc. It would take at least 1.5 hours to do a good job, and honestly, that's what I did, a good job. As you can imagine, something of a backlog ensued and the partners wanted to know what the issue was. I explained that due to the nature of the cases, they were requiring specific edits. I offered several recommendations on how we could improve our efficiency, but they didn't want to hear it. 
I explained that the cases were worth significantly more and even spending four or five times longer on them than our other cases was still a huge win for them. They wanted paper out. Quantity over quality, I was told. Leave the decisions to them. Do what I'm instructed to do and play my part on the assembly line. Note that these partners did actually no legal work whatsoever on these cases. They once did a long time ago, but now they just watch cameras all day and complain if you're five minutes late. In a fit of frustration and rage, I maliciously complied. I actually stayed late a few nights and banged out 75 or so complaints that had backlogged. I sent them all to the senior attorney for final review, with no edits whatsoever, wrong data from our intake team, nonsensical legal arrangements, fact patterns that were completely untrue, just as I was told. After three workdays later, I got called in for a meeting about what the heck was going on in these complaints, and the senior attorney was about one-third of the way through what I had sent him, and not one of the complaints was suitable to be filed. I told him I was just doing my job on the assembly line and that the issue must be coming from somewhere else, but definitely not from me because I did exactly as instructed and mindlessly input the data and sent it along. They told me that it was unacceptable and if there was an issue, I should have brought it up to their attention, to which I replied that I tried and was not listened to. They refused to accept defeat and attempted to change data collection, change templates to no avail. It got hostile. No matter what they did, their system didn't work, and I continued to comply with their insistence that I do my job and my job only. It was unbelievable how stubborn these people were. I quit that job and moved on. I've been tracking some of the cases online and they're getting dismissed on motion. Quantity, not quality, eh? That's not how I practice law. It's crazy to think that something like proofreading would be thought of so carelessly in something like law practice. But it goes to show you that at the end of the day, corporate greed is always and will always be the end all be all. This is why I tell people to make sure that you are happy with the job you work at. Because at the end of the day, you're just a number to these big companies and they don't care about your ideas. That's it for today's video. If you want to make sure you don't miss out on any content, hit that subscribe button and make sure you hit that bell to turn on notifications. If you want to finish listening to all those stories, use the playlist at the top of the description. And if you're someone who live streams and needs copyright free music, check out the Cream of the Crop music by searching Cream of the Stream on Spotify or whatever music platform you choose. Remember, it's free.